Good morning and welcome to Current Radio. It's Thursday, January 18th. Today, we delve into the consciousness wars and the question of whether scientists can ever agree on how the mind works and gain insights from four female scientists at the early career crossroads. Plus, we'll discuss the gaps in Europe's AI Act and how researchers can help to fill them and explore a new project that uses isotopes to pinpoint the birthplaces of the enslaved. All this coverage and more, up next. Welcome to Current Radio's Science Station. Please enjoy today's selection of science news. Consciousness, a topic that has intrigued philosophers and scientists for centuries, is now at the center of a heated debate in the world of neuroscience. Charlotte, can you tell us more about this? Absolutely, Diego. Neuroscientist Lucia Maloney is leading an adversarial collaboration, a process where competing theories of consciousness are empirically tested against each other. This collaboration is one of five launched by the Templeton World Charity Foundation. The aim is to produce evidence that supports one theory and falsifies the predictions of another. Maloney's group is testing two prominent ideas, integrated information theory, which claims that consciousness amounts to the degree of integrated information generated by a system such as the human brain, and global neuronal workspace theory, which claims that mental content becomes conscious when the information is broadcast across the brain through a specialized network. This sounds like a complex task. How are these theories being tested? Indeed, it's a complex and contentious task. The researchers have devised experiments to test the predictions of each theory. For instance, one experiment involved participants being shown a series of pictures and symbols and asked to report when certain images appeared. The results of these experiments are then used to evaluate the validity of each theory. However, this process has not been without its challenges. The field of consciousness research is fraught with disagreements and differing interpretations, which can make it difficult to reach a consensus. It seems like this adversarial collaboration is causing quite a stir in the scientific community. Can you tell us more about the controversy? Certainly, Diego. Last September, more than 100 researchers signed an open letter critiquing the integrated information theory, labeling it as pseudoscience. This sparked a backlash from other scientists who felt that such an attack could deepen divisions and harm the field's credibility. The controversy has led to heated online interactions and has even caused some researchers to contemplate leaving the field. However, despite these challenges, many researchers remain hopeful about the future of consciousness science and believe that these adversarial collaborations are helping to advance the field. While the study of consciousness remains a complex and contentious field, we appreciate Charlotte's insights. Now, shifting our focus to the annual Lindau Nobel Laureate meeting in Germany, four female researchers at the 2023 event shared their career hopes and challenges. Charlotte, can you elaborate on the common themes that emerged from their discussions? Certainly, Diego. These researchers highlighted several key issues they face. The first is career uncertainty, particularly due to the precarious nature of funding and the pressure of short-term contracts. This is especially challenging when trying to make significant life decisions like starting a family or buying a house. They also noted the disparity in the number of women in PhD programs versus those who remain in academia, indicating a need for more support and mentorship for women in science. That's interesting. It seems like there's a real need for systemic changes to support these researchers. 
Can you tell us more about their specific concerns and suggestions for improvement? Absolutely. Ifra Abdullahi, a research fellow at La Trobe University in Australia, emphasized the need for equal treatment of mothers in science and structural changes to aid career progression. She also highlighted the importance of mentorship, particularly from individuals who understand the unique challenges faced by women in academia. Piper Rodding, a PhD candidate at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, stressed the importance of prioritizing mental health and developing a supportive network to combat the stigma around mental health issues in academia. Cuttrell Tamasar, a PhD candidate at the University of Newcastle, called for a broadening of definitions of success beyond conventional academic paths. And Prakriti Gupta, a pediatric critical care specialist in India, spoke about the difficult choices she faces in trying to balance her roles as a clinician and a researcher. While there are significant challenges in supporting early career researchers, particularly women, in their academic journeys, we appreciate Charlotte's insights. In other news, the European Commission recently announced its AI Act, aiming to address risks from artificial intelligence applications. This act will create new regulations across all 27 European Union member states and establish an AI office. Charlotte, can you tell us more about this? Certainly, Diego. The AI office will enforce and supervise rules for AI applications, including those like ChatGPT. The Commission has also stated that this office will maintain a strong link with the scientific community, which could allow researchers to help shape these new laws and regulations. However, there are some concerns about the act that need to be addressed before it becomes fully operational, which is expected to happen in about two years. What are some of these concerns? Well. One concern is the act's assumption that most AI carries low to no risk. This means many everyday AI applications will not need to be submitted for regulation. However, there are no clear criteria for determining what constitutes low and high-risk AI applications. Another concern is that AI developers will often be able to self-assess products deemed high-risk. Ideally, the regulator should establish an independent third-party verification system to verify raw data when necessary. It seems like a delicate balance between promoting innovation and ensuring safety. What are some suggestions for addressing these concerns? Indeed, Diego. Transparency and independence are key. Lessons from the regulation of existing technologies highlight the need for transparency in data and models. Regulatory independence is also crucial, as pointed out by Hadrian Pouget from the Carnegie Endowment for International Peace and Johann Laux from the University of Oxford. The AI advisory body convened by United Nations Secretary General Antonio Guterres is also urging those working on AI regulation to listen to a diverse range of voices in the process. The EU has a history of drawing on various fields in its lawmaking, and it's crucial that they leverage this experience in their AI work. As we anticipate the evolution of regulations and their impact on the development and use of AI, we appreciate Charlotte's insights. Now, let's delve into a startling discovery made in 2013 by construction workers in Charleston, South Carolina, who found human bones while digging a trench for a local performing arts center renovation. These bones were later identified as belonging to enslaved Africans from the late 18th century. Charlotte, can you tell us more about this discovery and the subsequent efforts to identify these individuals? Yes, Diego. The discovery was indeed a significant one. The city enlisted Ade Ofuniyin, a cultural anthropologist, to lead the efforts to identify these individuals, who came to be known as the Ancestors. 
Ofunian worked tirelessly to learn their histories and honor their identities. He even presided over a traditional Yoruba naming ceremony in 2019. After Ofunian's unexpected death in 2020, the Anson Street African Burial Ground Project continued his work. I understand that DNA analysis was used to learn more about the ancestors. Can you share more about that? Absolutely. With the consent of Charleston's African-American community, DNA samples were extracted from the remains of the ancestors. The analysis revealed that many of the ancestors hailed from West Central Africa, West Africa, or Sub-Saharan Africa. One was found to have mixed West African and Native American heritage. However, as anthropologist Vicki Oelzi points out, DNA can only tell us so much. It can't provide a complete picture of a person's culture, language, beliefs, and practices. So how do scientists like Elsie go about getting a more complete picture? Elsa uses a tool called isotope mapping. Different geographic regions have different proportions of elements. By focusing on specific isotopes like strontium-86 and 87, Elsa and her team can trace the origins of individuals with more precision. They created a map of Angola showing where different concentrations of these isotopes are found. They then compared this map to the isotopes found in teeth recovered from the Charleston burial ground and other African burial grounds. This allowed them to identify specific regions in Angola where some of the ancestors likely originated. That's fascinating. And what are the implications of this research? This research provides a more complete and personal view of who enslaved individuals really were. It can help historians understand the depth of the transatlantic slave trade's penetration into the interior of Africa. And it's not just about the past. The Anson Street African Burial Ground Project continues to honor the ancestors. They're planning a monument featuring bronze casts of the hands of 36 Charleston residents who roughly match the ancestors' heritage, sexes, and ages at death. This monument will be a symbol of unity and remembrance a powerful testament to the importance of remembering and honoring the past, we appreciate Charlotte's insights. Now, as we wrap up our stories for today, we want to thank you for listening to Current Radio and look forward to having you back here tomorrow.